0: Hello again, fellow self-quarantiners. This is the common sense American coming to you in the middle of what appears to be a very big epidemic. I had hoped to produce a show that wasn't related to the coronavirus. Uh, However, a there no one is talking about anything else. I mean, you could. I know a lot of people are saying. That, oh, I, I'm, I'm sick of hearing about it, I kind of want to talk about something else, I want to hear something else, I want to watch something else. However, if you look at social media and you look at the news and you just bounce around online, uh, the uh, facts don't really bear that out. It seems that that really still is what everybody is talking about. And I, I think it's because there's a lot to talk about, but beyond the, the typical talking points. Beyond how many are infected, the projected number of deaths, who's locking down what, which rights are being infringed upon, where? Uh, we've sort of covered all that. And I want to take a step beyond that because as this um, you know, national lockdown of sorts, and I say of sorts, because this is not a military state, um, as this continues, we're going to learn a lot of things, not as much about the virus. Although I still think a lot needs to come out about that. But we're also going to learn a lot of things about ourselves and about our society. And that's really what I wanted to dedicate this podcast to, which is sort of the, uh, not the manifest, I wouldn't say, intent of this lockdown, which is just to keep people safe. The latent intent is more, I, its well, it's not an intent. They probably don't mean for this to happen, but it is happening is the effect it's having on people and how this is sort of a combination of a wake-up call and, I would say, a lesson. Uh, sort of, We're, we're going to take a lot of time to reflect on things, aren't we? We're going to have a lot of time to ourselves. We already have. And we're going to notice a few things. We're going to notice, obviously, the drastic change between how we were living before and how we're living now. And this will... Result in us coming to some conclusions, and some of those are a little scary. Um, and so, I don't really want to talk about those. And I think the first one I really want to talk about is how this is exposing. I and I mentioned this at the tail end of one of my previous podcasts. This is exposing um, the fragility of our society. How fragile we have become. Our dependence on just about everything, from government to electricity to, I mean, just everything. We are highly dependent creatures now in this civilization, this modern civilization we have built. Uh, we're a far cry from the days when you're just trying to build a country and a winter could, a bad winter, could could wipe out your whole family. Could, uh, you know, you wouldn't have crops, or you'd freeze to death or, or, you know. And the people that came out of that were so hardy, so... Determined, So never say die. These are people who would build their own homes with their own hands from the ground up. And every single thing that they ate and every single thing that they subsisted on, pretty much they provided for themselves. We are so far from that. And I'm not saying that that made them better people. And I'm not saying that that makes us so far down the food chain. Uh, we obviously better education. Well, to some extent. Uh, we have comforts, obviously they didn't have our, we live a lot longer. We know a lot more about the world and all those are good things. But at the same time, the flip side of that is that we really have become utterly helpless in a lot of ways. And when you take away certain things, uh, you can see that in the very quick knee jerk reaction. When this first happened, the knee jerk reaction was fear and panic. But I think that it wasn't so much fear of the virus, which at that time, I think most people were saying, well, it wasn't that giant of it. We don't know a lot about it, but the mortality rate does not appear to be very high. It seems to be affecting mostly only the elderly and the infirm and people with other existing problems. Uh, But I think a lot of that fear and panic was because they were looking down the barrel at themselves, at the fact that when this kicks in, when they are forced to stay home, when they are fo- when you know certain things are closed, so many things are closed, and they won't be able to live their lives as they normally would, and everything that they took for granted, or at least some of the things they took for granted, would not be in place, right? They immediately started to panic because they weren't sure what they would do and how they would react. Now, think about that for a second, though. What are they really going through at this point? I mean, like I said, compare this to our ancestors, and not just ancestors of this country, but our human ancestors, civilization down through the ages of everything that they had to contend with, Uh, you know, everything, not just rampant disease that we really don't face now, but just about anything could kill humans, especially ancient humans. That's why the lifespan was, you know, 29. Um, These people fought and scraped every second of every day just to survive. They, you know, again, it's building shelters, building communities, food, water, the simple, basic things that we definitely take for granted. And here's the thing. We pretty much still can. What are we really freaking out about? I mean, we're forced to stay home. Okay, so we're home. You know, yes, our jobs are in jeopardy. Yes, our finances are in jeopardy um it's true that it will be more difficult to get certain things but how many people out there are really facing um you know death or major major catastrophic problems because of the quarantine not because of the virus they're not they still have their homes they still have a roof over their head they still have food everyone's restaurants are delivering grocery stores are delivering there's curbside service everywhere uh, there's no shortage of food there never has been a shortage of, of, of foodstuffs in this country in the past I don't know 15 20 years there really hasn't we've thrown away a, oh, we've thrown away tons and tons that's a big problem the waste of this country and now we, we shouldn't be wasting now we're seeing the need to have a lot of extra things going around and well, I'm not seeing any reports of any cities or any towns saying, "Hey, we're running low on food. We need food. We need help." The necessities are still there. You can still get them relatively easily, simply by picking up the phone most times, or just driving a little ways. You, you know, you can't. You know, you can always drive places. You still can take baths and showers, and you can sleep in your beds, and you have your heat and your electricity. And I, and again, I understand that certain. Uh, Things may be in danger because certain you you might not be able to pay bills. You know, maybe you lost your job or you're furloughed or whatever. But a, it's temporary. B, there are all kinds of things in place now. I mean, you're seeing a lot of people, uh, for example, landlords saying to their tenants, you know, if, if you. Can't hit the rent this week or next month, or this month or next month, I'm not gonna throw you out. I'm not going to put you on the street. I think a lot of them are saying that. I think you're hearing that in a lot of places, right? So, what are we really facing here? I think this exposes just what we're facing, which, yes, it's a problem, but for the most part, that fear was we are so comfortable, so fat and happy, that we can't handle even the smallest deviation. Bottom for me, I did not get I was I was always meaning to get a haircut. I was putting it off. And then when this hit, I realized I couldn't get one, and I really can't now. Everything is closed. The places that I've contacted, uh one woman picked up, she was actually there, she was just getting the mail, and she told me that they just can't risk it because if they're even caught giving a haircut, they could be fined or lose their business, lose their license. And I'm like, damn it, this sucks. I, I My hair is getting really long. I hate it for when I work out. It drives me nuts. So I'm just going to, I don't know, I'm going to figure out a way to sort of trim it myself, just pare it back a little bit. And at that point, I realized that that was my biggest problem. It, that was my biggest problem. Yes, you know, worried a little bit about work, although I work from home and, and you know, I work in digital uh, content, which isn't, it's sort of suffering in a way, but it hopefully will continue and be okay. And we'll push through this and uh, my family has a business that's considered an essential business. They're basically a grocery store. So, uh, they're, you know, struggling, but they're pushing through and they got business and they're working hard. And, you know, we're all worried about, you know, whether or not anybody might contract the coronavirus and things like that. But what are we really facing? My biggest problem is me getting a haircut. That's it. That's my biggest problem right now. And... When you look at it that way, you, you really, it puts everything in perspective. And uh, speaking of perspective, the other thing that this exposes is humans, and I don't know how far back this goes. I don't know. I should look up the history of this. But we all know the conspiracy theories and crackpot theories and all this, that they're, they're always around. There are probably a great many more of them, uh, you know, before uh widespread you know news and everything you know people that just have ideas for why things happen and the crazier the person is the crazier the idea and uh it always happens any big event like this here come the conspiracy they're coming out of the woodworks right it happened around 9-11 it happened it was heck back through the vietnam war my parents were talking about people they knew with crackpot theories concerning vietnam and none of which of course were true and we're talking about you know the holocaust wasn't real the moon landing was faked and blah 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 Then, of course, when this happens, here they come, right? And like, for example, I think it was last week, there was a gaggle of people coming at me, yelling at me that uh, there's going to be a a massive uh, nationwide military-led lockdown, uh, that Trump is going to tweet something at a certain time of day on on last Sunday or something, and it was going to be a code to trigger that. You know what? Leave me the hell alone. All right. It didn't happen. I told you it wasn't going to happen. It's not going to happen. You're all nuts. Leave me alone. Uh, this has exposed that and it exposed how many of them there are. It's kind of scary. Um, it, it, all it does is it, it shows me that you people are spending far too much time in front of a screen and nowhere near enough time out in reality. Um, seriously step away from the lunacy and grow a brain. And yeah, I am going to come down on you hard on this. Don't, get on me for being rude about it or, uh, you know, being insulting about it because I have a very low tolerance right now for stupidity, gullibility, and what appears to be willful craziness. Um, please just do at least a little bit of research and don't throw your weird ass research at me about from some dark corner of the internet with absolutely no train of evidence to it besides trains to crazy people. Um, I've been a journalist and an editor and a writer for a very long time, and I have dealt with this for a very long time. The bottom line is you, if you trace this back to the origin, you trace these stories and myths back to where they came from, all you're really gonna find at the end of it is some lunatic in a basement somewhere typing crap on a screen. That's really almost, 99% of the time, that's where it ends up. There's nothing really behind it. They found some weird little document in the corner of the internet somewhere and plashed it all over the place and made interpretations and blah, blah, blah. But really, use your brain. Think about it for a second. Don't come at me with this. Keep your conspiracy theories to yourself. If you think you're right, fine. Just don't bother me. And please don't spread it around. Uh, there are other vulnerable people out there right now who are perfectly willing to believe in just about any lunatic theory they can grab hold of. Now, I'm not saying that we know everything. In fact, I think we know very little about this virus. I think we don't know anywhere near enough about the situation. I think we're going to. a lot of that will come out. In 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 the coming months and coming years, we're going to learn a lot more about this. We're going to learn a lot more about its origins. We're going to learn learn more about its spread. What exactly is causing it to spread? Exactly how to fight it? Um, you know, we're we're going to learn a lot more about it. I'm not saying that there's not, and I'm not saying there's not government um, actions that we don't know about. I'm not saying that there's not things happening behind the scene, behind the scenes that we don't know about. Okay, what I am saying is that the more lunatic it sounds, the less likely it is. That is a standard rule of thumb that just about anybody with a brain, just about most journalists, real journalists, will understand and dismiss because there's nothing behind it. And there's no reason to add more fear and panic to an already tense situation. Right? So, again, just please stay away from me. Uh, But this leads me to a positive thing. The other thing this is showing us, okay, What has been happening in our society over the past 15, 20 years? We are seeing – it's interesting to me that they call this social distancing because as far as I'm concerned, ever since smartphones or even before that really the internet uh, really hit big, you know, probably around the 90s and the early 2000s, um, we were already practicing social distancing. The entire country was starting it and now you see people who can't even communicate anymore. They cannot function in society. They can't talk to each other because they're so used to talking through a screen. That's all they know. Our social skills are in the absolute toilet. They have been for a long time. And we're seeing that. I see it everywhere, especially among younger people. They can't look you in the eye. They mumble. They look over here. They fidget. It's like they're all seven years old. They never advanced uh, socially. Because the screens told them that they didn't have to. They stare at a little screen in their hands. They look down at it all the time. They type little messages. But they can't talk to you. They're not good at it. Um, and even talking on a phone, they really can't do it. A face-to-face is it makes them very anxious. Makes the, it make, It's very difficult for them, right? We have been practicing social distancing for a long time. Social media is an oxymoron. Social media is not social. It's antisocial. I've been saying that for years. It has nothing to do with connecting people. It tells you, yes, you can connect with people across overseas or whatever and just get an idea of what they're doing and how they're doing. And that's, that's nice, but it's not social connectivity. I have a psychology degree. Uh, you can talk to any psychologist or psychiatrist or mental health professional and they will tell you that that is not a substitute for real human contact. And in fact, it gets in the way because we start to prefer it. When we reach the point where we start to prefer screens and machines to humans, then we're in trouble. And you're starting to see that. And you're starting to see that a lot in the younger people. And you're even starting to see it. The the social skills are starting to erode in older people, elderly people who spend a lot of time in front of a screen now. And they can't what they used to have, they even have admitted it, I think, in a lot of ways, saying to people like my grandparents used to say it too. You know, if I spend time on the screen, I find like, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to talk to people as much. And I always used to. And we're talking about people who were always, always very um, social individuals. And what are we finding now, right? Now we don't have a choice. Now we have to stay home in a lot for many of us. And we really can't go out as much. And we cannot interact with people as much, and we have to turn to our screens more. But isn't it interesting that when we're forced to do that, all of a sudden, the human part of us is rising up a little bit and is saying and rebelling and saying, you know, we can't, this sucks. We need some sort of human contact. It's interesting, isn't it? That has to be forced on us before we start to notice that this is a problem. When we're doing it voluntarily, you know, oh, it's not that big of a deal. But when we're forced to separate from people, we start to feel it. We start to go, wait, why don't cabin fever sets in? I, I need to see people, I need to talk to people. This is the human part of us rising up. And it's doing something for us. And it's reminding us that we are a social species, that we need to interact with one another face to face in order to continue to be a civilized, intelligent species. That all this reliance on communication through machines has been hurting us in a lot of ways some of some of it subtle some of it not so subtle and we've been ignoring it now mental health professionals have not been ignoring it we've been seeing i mean teenagers that whine about always being anxious and always being depressed and always being edgy it's entirely because of the screen entirely because of their screens take that away force them to go outside, I promise you the anxiety goes away after a certain amount of time because they get used to being around people. They get used to acting like humans again. And that really goes for everybody. It's coming back at us. It's showing us that this is not how humans are meant to live. This is not how they were meant to interact. That's how machines are meant to interact, but we're not machines. At least not yet. And we don't really want to be. Because that essentially means the end of humanity. We're not humans anymore once you start modding us when you start talking about androids and adding chips in our brains and our eyes and you know you start going down that path then you're not human anymore anyway so I guess it's a whole new ballgame but as it stands we are human and we do need that interaction and this is proving to us that we do need it you know you t- it's like you take something you you take something away from a kid and they immediately want it back they almost you know they almost doesn't matter what it is you say you can't have that and of course they reach for it. You know, and up to that point, they didn't even care. But it's the same way. You know, humans, very, in a lot of ways, very simple creatures. You take something away, and all of a sudden, they want it again. And prior to that, they didn't even care that much about it. They they took it for granted. Yeah, I can talk to people, or I can go on my screen and quote-unquote talk to them there. No big deal. It's the same thing. Yeah? You're finding out now that it isn't, aren't you? You're finding out now that it's not the same thing. That it was never even close to the same thing. That too many people were relying on it too heavily. Right? Now that's an important point, And I think we're going to find that more. As the weeks drag on here, this is going to turn out to be a good thing in a lot of ways. It's exposing fragility. It's exposing our dependence. It's exposing our lack of self-sufficiency. Now, I'm not saying that when this is over, we should, okay, that's it. Go off the grid and you know, live like they live in, I don't know, life below zero in Alaska or something. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is it should remind us of how reliant and dependent we become, right? And maybe there are ways to combat that in the future. And it's reminding us that we are you know, humans with social needs, that that is what matters. That is really what matters, to be able to interact with each other and we desperately need it. And when you take it away, it's a problem. Oh, yes, and the conspiracy theorists stay the hell away from me, unless you're, you know, got something real besides, you know, I don't know, whatever. It's all crazy. Every time I look at it, every time I waste my time Tracing a, a set of evidence back to a, an origin where uh, a theory began—I'm always going rolling my eyes. You know, this is—it's sad that people fall for this. But anyway, um, the good things that are going to come out of this is what I think we should focus on. And that's—that's—that's that's, that's, what's wrong with that. We need a little bit of that—a little bit of reflection on ourselves and our society, everything that we become, everything our civilization has become. We're going to find out a lot more about ourselves. And a lot more about society. Yes, we're going to find out a little more about the virus, but that was already a given. Now it's time to think a little bit about what we're going to learn at the end of this. I think it's pretty interesting. I think it's going to show a lot of our deficiencies, a lot of our weaknesses. All very recent. You know, all sort of happening within the past 15, 20 years. And, you know, focus on a direction, a better direction for tomorrow. And uh, that's it. That's for my message for today. Again, thank you all for listening. Uh, you can always subscribe. It's a growing listenership, which I appreciate. Everything is free. I don't bombard you with any emails. I don't do any of that. Um, no ads or anything. So I just sit here and talk, and people seem to like it. And if it makes you feel better, great. If you have something to contribute, great. Let me know on Twitter. Um, you know, send me a DM, follow me, whatever. Um, I'm also on iTunes, I'm on Stitcher, Spotify, I think Alexa. Google Play, sort of all over the place. Um, but again, thank you very much for listening. And remember to uh, reflect and take some time and not be crazy and do everything that you need to do in these coming weeks. And we'll come out of this better and stronger because that's what humans do. And uh, once again, I appreciate you listening and I'll see you again next week. Thanks.